Abba Yahweh, thank you for the stirring of your spirit in my heart again. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to share something with you that um, I saw a dear close brother and friend um, shared. It's actually a posting, and it's uh, talking about the meaning of Jeremiah 29. 29.11 specifically. However, when I went back and I read the entire chapter of 29, we have to understand that Jeremiah was talking about the captivity and enslaving of the nation of Israel by Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. And that there was a whole lot of things that were going on in the nation, and that the nation had actually turned their back on God, and that they were just going on doing their thing and believing much as people do now. Well, gee, if we just do our thing and we're not hurting anyone, then, you know, it's all okay. Well, no, it's not because you're still not doing the right thing, you're not doing the appropriate thing, and you're not following the Word of God. You're not acting in brotherly love. Yeah, you might not be going out and beating on anybody, but you're not acting in brotherly love. And here's the thing that God... And as it is in the, in the old Hebrew translation, Hashem, Lord God, our God. He does not desire any, his plans are for our welfare. And that doesn't mean like the welfare state and like the government to, to declare the lies that they do and saying, oh, you come to us, we've got your problem solved. Well, it doesn't work that way because you know that the welfare budget is broke, just like what they've done is and has taken from it. So they're perpetrating lies. And we put our trust in governments and deceivers and liars and those that declare themselves to be teachers. And as Jesus Christ declared, he said, be wary of those that teach falsehood and lies, and many will come to deceive you. And God is close by us, even when these things, and there are those out here that say, oh, well, why is God making this happen? Well, God isn't making it happen because of choices that we have made. We have allowed these things. And remember, God made us with a free will choice. We either choose to follow that Jesus Christ is his only begotten son and have faith in God, or we choose to go our own way, just like many have done, that, oh, I'm a self-made man, I'm a self-made woman. Well, brothers and sisters, they have all forgotten that no one is self-made. First of all, there are those that either initiated a loan from the, from the outset to give them a hand up, and there were those that did things for them while they were concentrating on what they were trying to get accomplished, and they were able to make it. And then as they get to where they got, they have forgotten these people. 
They have forgotten anyone that helped them, anyone that some, and they claim that they are self-made. Not so. There is not a person, not one, that can be, that say that they're self-made. And they did this. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. You might have the minor 49ers that went out and the guy that first, you know, went out and was digging in the rocks and all these things out there. But even so, those individuals, what were they doing? They were praying, oh God, just let me find this one. Just let me find this one. Let me find this one. You know, and they found a gold nugget or whatever. And then all of a sudden the boom was on. Those might be self. They were out there working and toiling, but they were praying. I don't think they just went out there doing it on their own. And back in those days, a lot of people did a lot more praying. But brothers and sisters, God is not making anything happen. You remember as a child that your earthly mother or father might have said something one to another. They were talking to each other and you were getting into something and mom or dad was trying to help you, but you said, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So then what did they do? They stepped back and said, okay, you're on your own. And away you went and you failed miserably at it. And then mom or dad came and lifted you up, dusted you off and said, let me help you or let me show you an easier way or let me, let me help you. And then you said, oh, okay. And then they showed you the example and, it, and you're going, oh, wow. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't listen. I should have listened. Well, yeah, but you're going to remember that lesson. But here's the thing that, that what Jeremiah is talking about, what he's discussing in his book is the captivity of Israel. And they spent 70 years in captivity under Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. They had turned their back on Lord God Almighty and everything that they were doing, they started to accept the false deities, the false gods, and they were started to worship the gods. And they had started doing that thing before they went into captivity. There were only a few that held on. And then we're going to go back into the book of Daniel. And we're going to look at Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Ezra. They did not succumb to the pushing and prodding of the Chaldeans and the counselors of Nebuchadnezzar to worship the false idols and deities and to take on their food that was first offered to their false gods and idols. And they said, we'll just eat what we normally eat and our faith in God will sustain us. And it did mightily sustain them. They were healthier. Their brains were sharper than those that were supposed to be the king's counselors. God wants us to prosper and thrive. He desires for that of his children. But here's the thing that many look through the eyes of mammon. Prospering, rich, have this, have that, have this, have that. I can do this. I got this company. I got that company. It does not mean that at all. Not at all. I feel very prosperous. I don't have a lot. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have from the treasury of the Lord God Almighty, the word, the truth, 
that he allows me to be a conduit to share and to put out and pour out on anyone that will hear and listen. That's the treasure I have. I have what I need. I really have what I need. Every time I open my cupboard, and and I've shared this before, I'm amazed at what is there and the sustenance because I don't remember having all that. You can call it what you want and say, oh, you just forgot. Well, no, I didn't. There are things that are present in my house that I didn't have before. Do I believe that God is doing this and God is sustaining me? Yes, I do. Am I perfect? No, I'm not, but I'm forgiven. And God is my father. He is my creator of all things made. The maker of all things made. Abba Yahweh, father, maker of all things made. He is that, brothers and sisters. And when Jeremiah is talking about these things, he's talking about the nation of Israel had turned their back. And from my perspective, just my perspective, the posting of that is Jeremiah 28, 11, or, uh, yeah, 28, 11, 29, 11. Um, you can't just take the one verse. You need to go back and, and read the whole thing. Okay, go back and read the entire chapter. I think that's important to do so. And it's important because God has always got us on his mind. He's always faithful. He's always with us. When you call on me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. Search for me and find me. If only you seek me wholeheartedly. And see, therein too is a problem, brothers and sisters, is that there are those that come out and they say this uh, mumbo jumbo prayer over the nation and the healing and all this. And they're not even wholeheartedly looking for the truth. They're just saying things to appease. And that's all they're doing. It's just appeasement. Are they seeking God wholeheartedly? Are they diligently praying for their brothers and sisters? The uplifting and courage for them to have to be able to stand up and be bold and not to be cowards and not to step aside and compromise their faith in God simply because those around are crying out louder, possibly. Brothers and sisters, we have to take this word in context. And the, and the spirit was driving me to, as I was reading over this and, and, and the posting, I, I had to read this. And as I said, I read through the chapter in its entirety. And it's important that you do that is that one is important in and of itself, but to read the entire chapter so that you have a contextual idea of what's being spoken. The nation turned its back on God. Look around you today, brothers and sisters. The same thing is happening with this nation today. 
We are no longer one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. And why has that happened? And then you have those that are going to try to pander the lies and mistrust derisiveness because that is the goal of the enemy. Brothers and sisters, one nation we used to be under God. We were all together. Can you imagine how powerful? Some of you may not remember the power that was with this country when we were all unified and together. Other nations had problems and they feared this country. Why? Because we were at one time quite powerful. Now, honestly, truthfully, as a veteran, an American citizen and a patriot, we are a laughing stock of the rest of the world. And they go after Americans willy-nilly, which is an old way of saying that whenever they want to. Used to be a time when you traveled anywhere in the world that if you were an American, they were treated you uh, if you were on a visa in their country and you had a passport and you were traveling through, they weren't going to roust you too badly. Other people, you know, you travel, everybody traveled, everybody had a visa and all this. And, and a lot of times countries, not saying they all did, but some countries would target visitors and those that were just passing through thinking that they could take advantage. And sometimes their governments didn't back them up too much, but America and the government here used to back our play. They didn't want to mess with the Americans. And a lot of you saying, well, we're getting what we deserve. Well, yeah, we do because we turned our back on God, not because of anything else, but self-righteous, arrogant, and you're putting your faith and trust in the wrong place. Seek his truth his word, his knowledge, and his wisdom, repent, return to God, and there is great rejoicing in heaven over the one, over the one that returns. He desires that we prosper, and it's not with materialistic temporal things here, but he desires that we would prosper, we would have peace, we would have joy, we would have all that we need. And this is the other thing is that many get confused with what we need and what we want. God knows what we need. And he doesn't always let us have what we want because he knows that it's not right for us. And sometimes he does that because he knows that it makes us happy. God is our father, our good good father. You've got to get this misconception that so many people have in their mind's eye. And, and some may remember, I can't help the analogy, it sits in there, but when Dorothy and they first went up in, in the Wizard of Oz and they first went in and it was an illusion, just like it's an illusion in our minds that we see God is this way, loud and thundering and very aggressive and mean and that, and he would just be bossy, bossy, bossy. God is not like that. God is love. All through the Bible, it talks about God is love. Seek his truth. He desires that we prosper. 
He desires that we have peace. He desires that we have joy. But if you turn your back on God and you forsake God for your own sake and seek those temporal things and put that ahead of God, then you have made that your false idol. You have made money your idol. You have made things your idol. You have made other people your idol. And the nation of Israel stayed in captivity for 70 years under Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they prospered. They did not burn in the furnace. They were not devoured by lions. Nothing. Why? Because God stood by them. They kept their faith and they turned to God whenever they were in a hard place. Brothers and sisters, that's all. We have to remember to do that. I have to remember to do that. And sometimes I forget. I, I shoot these things out. I've called them bullet prayers. Once in a while, in the midst of it, I forget. But that's just a quick shot off prayer. Holy Spirit, guard my tongue. Holy Spirit, guide my words. Holy Spirit, guide my actions. In the midst of something where somebody could be coming at you really bad, just egregious activity, and just shoot out a prayer and things change. I've watched it happen. Brothers and sisters, I have seen it happen right before my very eyes. Seek God. Seek his face. Seek his truth, his knowledge, his wisdom. And love others, brothers and sisters. Love because God loved us first. I had this stirring in my heart, and I know I just shared a little bit ago, but I had to bring this back out uh, because I was reading this. And brothers and sisters, read the entire chapter. Read the whole thing so that you can see contextually what's being spoken of. This nation is very much that nation that has turned its back on God. And this quote-unquote captivity that we're in and seeing things are tearing apart and being ripped apart, it's happening because we have chosen to take that path. We have chosen to follow those that have vaunted themselves worthy and above everyone else. They're deceivers, they're liars, they're not truth-tellers, and they're definitely not protecting the people. Seek his truth and his wisdom all the time, brothers and sisters. It's there to be had. Lean in with a spiritual hearing. Let the scales fall from your eyes and see with spiritual sight the things around you that are being declared, but always seek his truth. And brothers and sisters, I'll be honest with you, I'm anger. I'm angered by what I see and the things that I hear but it's a righteous anger. I don't sin in my anger. I don't get aggressive and I don't go out and, and get all in people's face. See, that's confrontational and that's not righteous anger. In my righteous anger, I pray to God for the healing, the restoration of this country and that people will open their eyes and see the truth and lean in and hear his truth, his word. But brothers and sisters, we can be that collectively and so but his will be done and it doesn't matter what you might declare and you might see but if you're not seeking God's will and you're all just praying out of your vaunted 
arrogance and your self-will, and it doesn't take place, then you're going to say, well, God doesn't listen. God doesn't answer prayer. Yes, he does. But if you're putting yourself before God and you're not seeking his faith and his goodness and his knowledge and his wisdom and his understanding, brothers and sisters, you have to remember too that his ways are higher than our ways. And it doesn't matter how much or how hard you try to wrap your thinking around what he's doing, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to get it. It's just like John 3.16. How much did God love the world? He so loved the world. That little two-letter word is immense. Wow, space is so deep when you look up in the sky. What does that declare? You can't even see the other side of this galaxy. You can't see it. It's so deep and it's so far away. God's love is so deep. God is so much love and God is love. He can walk beside each and every single one of us and talk to us, guide us, and tell us that we are his own and love us so much. But because he is love and he has so much love that he can do that to the next person. He's not going to be lying. You're my own. I love you. I love you so very much. Well, how much, God? Well, I love you so much that I sent my son for you. Yes, my Lord God Almighty sent Jesus Christ as the only begotten son for me. He sent him for me. And whosoever will listen. Brothers and sisters, I had to share that with you. It was stirring in my heart, and the Spirit brought me up to that. So you have a blessed day. And as I tell you always, brothers and sisters, you are in my prayers for strength, for courage, for uprightness, for boldness. In this day, on my going out and my coming in before I go to bed, in my prayers. You have a blessed day, brothers and sisters.